welcome to Dissecting a Frog, a podcast about writing, performing and producing comedy. It's part of Comedy Victoria and it's hosted by me, the very on top of his game, Luke Morris. Uh, this week we talked to Alistair Tremley-Birchall. He's a, he's a great comedian, he's a writer, he's an actor. Uh, sure, he's an actor, he's done acting, um, he acts in sketches that's what we're going to talk to Al about. Uh, he, he's been on uh, Sean McAuliffe's Mad as Hell series, which is now finished, but it's a very famous uh, series that he uh, wrote for. Um, he also writes with Andy Matthews a lot. We talk about that and uh, Two in a Think Tank and the uh, sketches that um, Andy and Al write together. So we talk a lot about that. Oh, uh, we also started off... so. Al and I both just enjoy going for a run. And so I recorded an interview with him for another podcast that I did called uh, Park Run Life. And I talked to him about running and uh, how he enjoys it and a bit of meditative enjoyment of going out for a jog. And so I segue out of that into comedy talk. So you hear that at the start. And then I sort of segue back into running at the end and you hear how it all sort of is connected. Uh, you don't need to go listen to Park Run Life, but you can if you want to hear more from Al um, or just about running in general. It's good. I've been told it's good. It's not just me that says it's good. It is good. But uh, that explains why we segue at the start and I talk about running at the end. Um, I should mention before we go anywhere else, uh, this is part of Comedy Victoria, uh, which is like a, a group of producers trying to just help others in the comedy industry learn more and do more gigs. Uh, if you want to support that, there's a website and a newsletter through that, comedyvictoria.com.au, and the social medias, which is at, at Comedy Vic. Follow, subscribe there. It's all good stuff help us out uh, but let's go on to the interview with Alistair Tremley Birchall a little bit of running chat at the end but mostly we're dissecting the frog of writing sketches with Alistair Tremley Birchall <laughs> Just focusing more on the comedy side of things and writing. You you mentioned there that you you imagining a whether well, you're imagining a scenario and then thinking about all the lines of processes. Yeah. Do you have a set like framework of where those lines are, or is it really? You know, I think um, I don't. This is the the sad bit about my writing process is that. I feel like anytime I write something and then it's good, it's a miracle. And I have no idea how <laughs> I did it. <laughs> um, and so I don't know how I get there. Um, it's sometimes I think of it like mining Bitcoin, right? It's just a certain amount of mathematical crunching that has to go, you know, that happens. And then eventually one nugget of good stuff comes out. <laughs> Right. And so sometimes, you know, like if let's, let's say I know that, let's say I want to talk about 
you know, how, how being a parent is like being a dictator or something like that. Right. Yeah. So I know that that's kind of the framework that I might be working in. So maybe I'm running and I'm just essentially talking to myself about that kind of thing, or I'm just running through possibilities and things like that. And so then, you know, and then sometimes it also tricks you because sometimes because you're feeling good from the run, sometimes, you know, and what's, what's thinking that an idea is good. It's when you have an idea and it's, and then you get a good feeling. So I think sometimes it tricks you because <laughs> sometimes I get a, a line. I'm like, Oh, that's great. Like that. And then, and then I get, I get back and I kind of like, Oh, maybe actually it wasn't that good, but I mean, that happens <laughs> all the time. <laughs> that happens all the time. Um, You're but, feeling good because of the run and then you write, then you run it past. Do, do you run, do you run that stuff fast? Because you write a lot of, Oh, you've done sketches of Andy. Yeah, but I also like I'm constantly running ideas by him and stuff like that. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like sometimes I really know when something is good now. Like I feel like I can, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I will write and I will be like, maybe, maybe this could work. And then there's a very, you know, small percentage, like two, three percent of stuff that I write and I go, this is definitely a joke and it's definitely gonna work <laughs> right like and then all the other stuff is like oh, this could work perhaps maybe yeah. if they're in the good mood so who do you who are you submitting that to is uh, um, it's not obviously you you do um turn the think tank with andy matthews but that's off the top of your head that's not writing before. no so yeah and so this guys... is if i'm if i'm doing if i'm trying to get ready for stand-up or something like that oh, okay you know, um, which, you know, I'm trying to do more again. I feel like I'm constantly in a state of trying to do more stand-up and I'm getting back into doing it more seriously. That kind of thing. <laughs> um, but uh, I, so yeah, I have a guy that I, from the days when I was an engineer and that was around the days when I was starting doing comedy seriously. Yeah. And when, and he was a drafts person and I would just go over to his desk and I go, what about this idea like that? And he go, well, I don't know, but he's like, but he, but he found it funny that I even came to him and would run things through past him. And so sometimes things like, you know, he would be like, yeah, definitely that's going to work. And then a lot of the time he'd just kind of be laughing at me because he'd be like, Oh, I like your mind. I like you. How weird you think like that. And so, but I still call he that. Sounds like an Sorry. He sounds like an enabler. He's just encouraging you. To, exactly. And yeah. we need, we need, especially with these crazy schemes that we're yeah. all in, you know, like doing comedy, um, you know, sometimes you need a few people who definitely support you so that you can, you know, the, through, through, through those troughs of not believing in yourself, these yes. people kind of can help you out. Um, and, and so I just, you know, I mean, I, I will run things past my beloved as well, Indiana, and then, of course, I will run past things past Andy, who is my writing partner and things like that. And in most stuff, when we do actually work together and we bounce ideas off of each other all the time. And um, But he is, yeah, a very good recognizer of what is quality. <laughs> Has he built up his skills over the years, do you think? <laughs> of, of responding to me? Yeah, of knowing which is the good ones and which are not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it's like it's, you know, it's that thing where you go, you're trying to just listen to a joke as a human and you're just kind of, you're trying to go, that feels like a rock solid joke, right? Yeah. In the same way that you would laugh when you see it at a show 
and you're trying not to, you know, you're not trying to go, it's not a joke. Like you just laugh if it's funny and you don't laugh if it's not funny. I means, but, but Andy also sometimes responds in a way that uh, fills me with frustration. So, um, well, I like, did have a question here that I was yeah. going to ask that's basically on that idea of how do you tell each other? Because if you're working in a team mm. and particularly writing sketches, you've got to bring each other ideas. Mm. And how do you tell how do you tell Andy if you don't like an idea that he wants to work with you on? Yeah, well, I, I think that, that, you know what, I was working, I once worked on a, um, on a development for a game show thing. And the guy who was running it, um, the guy is like the executive producer of Mad as Hell, but he was, he was running the development of the show, which is where basically people are throwing in ideas of, of, you know, what segments in the show could be and what's, you know, stuff we could do in the show. And I noticed that he, when he runs it, I, cause I thought it was, he was run so well. And I noticed that he never ever says no to an idea, right? Mm -hmm. Where an idea gets chosen when an idea kind of stands out, it's when you see the excitement in the room uh, with, you know, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, so it's like, so like it's rather than ever saying no to an idea because a no can be really deflating. Right. Yep. Um, it's more about in the same way that you would draw a drawing and then you would keep adding to it until you like it or until, you know, like, uh, or you would redo it, you know, differently and in a way that brings you more joy. So like, with me and Andy, if we're working on ideas, um, sometimes it does frustrate me if he, I, I've noticed, because I get deflated by it, if he does respond in a way that is more no. Yeah. But we tend to, if we're working together on stuff, we tend to be like, you know, it's like, what about this? Like this. And then we kind of go, yeah, like if you add this, that, feels like it it's sharper for me it's like you know things like that like you're kind of going in the end we're trying to help each other uh, and so we're trying to shift it you know and also even if you don't say no like like if, if i bring you something and i say is this funny you go i mean i've heard funnier stuff you know <laughs> like things like that that are just they're not a no they're just like we're all trying to make stuff and of course you're going to write garbage stuff we're going to, most of the stuff you write is going to be garbage, right? Um, it's, it's just about finding ways I find at least to keep the spirits high that uh, the spirits that you need high in order to be in the mood to keep making comedy. Uh, you find ways of working with each other where it's like, let's adapt it like this. Or what about this? You know, or what if we, well, what if that, you know, it's like, what if the guy in your story sold fish instead, you know, like a, <laughs> these kinds of weird things where you're just trying to add to it. You're trying to change it a little bit to see if it like, if it tickles you or you analyze it, like you kind of go like, um, so you're trying the reason, to find, you yeah, find funny in the, in the idea. Yeah. You go, okay, well, uh, cause sometimes, I mean, I think I probably frustrate Andy because I, if he brings me something and I don't think it's funny, I will often ask questions because I'll be like, I want to make sure that I'm reading the joke correctly. I'll be like, now, is the joke that you're intending to make, you know, th <laughs> that yeah. this guy 
does this, right? And I go, well, for me, that doesn't necessarily work partially because, you know, I, <laughs> I, you know, have either heard this kind of joke a thousand times or there's a, there's a break in the logic here. And I, you know, and that doesn't work logically for me. So it makes me think about this thing rather than about this thing, you know, so I'm probably, I'm not sure if that's helpful or annoying or, <laughs> but, but I feel like by analyzing it, sometimes we do get to a point where we go, okay, well, we found what the problem with the joke is. And now we, sometimes I can like often, if I'm writing a show, I can be at a point um, in the show where I'm like, okay, here in this bit, I know that we need this kind of joke. I just don't know what the joke is. <laughs> how, how do you mean you need this kind of joke? Like you need a... Like, okay, like, like for example, um, I mean, I was, I was talking with somebody just recently on about their show. I'm working with them. And let's say they've, they've, they've in, the, in the show, they are looking at different candidates for the presidency and they're and, and they're talking about them and why they're all bad candidates or something like that. Um, and then I said, well, I was like, well, if you have a rating system here, right, um, you could use this rating system to kind of rank these candidates, right? Now, uh, the rating system doesn't need to be one to five, like you know, the, like five is the most threatening and one is the least threatening. You could actually have another kind of rating system, which is like a more abstract rating system. So this is the kind of joke where I'm like, there could be a rating system joke here, right? Which is, you know, it could be from one to nine 11, you know, and it's like, you know, it could be like nine 11 being a biggest threat and things like that. But, you know, we need, it's a, it's a joke kind of like this yeah. that might, that fits within the theme of your show yeah, yeah, yeah. and it fits within these things, but I don't know what the joke is. Yeah. You know, but so, it, but that would work good because it's a good joke format that you can repeat multiple times throughout these candidates, and you know, or you can reveal the whole scale as you get through it, and then that so kind of it sounds you know. it sounds more like you know there's a joke there you don't know quite what that joke is yet. Hmm. So rather than yeah, there's not a specific style of joke you're looking for. You're trying to find the right tone. Yeah, yeah, it's a mixture of that it's like it's like okay here's a kind of joke that we could have. We could have a lot of repeat, like, you know, like punchlines that add on to this because there's, we got, uh, it's a kind of joke that has growth potential. <laughs> and then, but, and it could be like an abstract kind of dumb joke like this, but we just don't know what the, what the actual details of it are yet. So I do often think like that when I'm writing and I go, cause, cause sometimes it's just about finding places where you can have jokes you know, like if you're, if you're teaching about, you know, if you're doing a show about something, you know, what kind of jokes are you making? It's like, you never know. It's like, you know, sometimes to be too abstract when you're, if, if there's an educational part of the show, well, to be too abstract there will confuse people because they don't understand if you're intentionally saying something wrong. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and, and if you're trying to actually educate and then you're saying something wrong, well, then that's going to just confuse people. <laughs> Yeah, well, I wrote down a note when you were talking there that you you're trying to learn how to not learn, but you're trying to write for a specific voice at different mm. times. And yeah. so, and and what you're explaining there, I was I was saying writing in voice and saying if you're writing for somebody else's show, you've got to get into their voice. So I was going to ask you about that. Writing for other people is um, 
it's all very doable. It's just about, mostly it's just about, um, you know, watching a lot of the stuff beforehand and figuring out the kind of the stuff that they do. Because I think when you're writing for a show, um, you're in this kind of interesting position where, like I know at least on Mad as Hell, where of course you've got to write in the voice of the show, but the reason that they've got you hired is because you will also bring something different. Ah. So, cause you will, you're, you're also capable of writing jokes that they might not be able to, you know, on Mad as Hell, Sean and Gary write most of the stuff on the show. Right. And then there's a bunch of uh, the rest of us who can do little bits and pieces and they, I guess, keep us on there because we can offer little things that they might not be able to write that they just don't do. And it comes from an angle that they don't see jokes coming from. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's this interesting thing where you're, you're kind of a blend of yourself and the show itself. Yeah. Cause I thought within writing matters, how you'd, there's obviously all those characters and Sean. Yeah. And so you'd be trying to write Sean's voice and Sean's style, but, it sounds like you, that's almost not really what they want the whole time. They want yeah. you. Well, they, yeah, but they want your stuff still delivered in that voice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the content and what, you know, like it's his voice. It's like, it's like saying, it's like saying your name in a Scottish accent, right? The voice of the show is the Scottish accent, but you're saying your name. <laughs> I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Your ideas. Aesthetically, it's presented in the voice of Sean and how he would say things. But the content of the jokes is just, those are your ideas. That's, you know, like the way that you find jokes are kind of, is kind of like your point of view in a way. I don't know. I'm I'm probably making it more confusing. (laughs) No, but that's what, like you said, they're they're interested in your point of view, which is why you're there. But is there much rewriting? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Everything goes through Sean. You, yeah, and he, you know, he might he might keep your script as is, or he will take out the stuff that he really needs and wants, and mix it in with other people's jokes and make a like a sort of big hybrid Frankenstein kind of script. Um, you know, sometimes he'll have a script that just like has like you know, five people's initials on it. Cause it's just a big compilation of everybody's thoughts. Cause if, especially if there was like, you know, when there were really, when there's really big topics around and things like that and like religious freedom or something crazy that had during the week, you know, everybody would write a, a piece about it and then it would all kind of just combine together and make a. Yeah. I was going to ask in that term. So it is a writer's room environment. Do you collaborate Collaborate? collaborate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Work collaborate. together a lot. <laughs> on yeah, it. me, me and Andy are always send each other. We we realized like a year in, we were like, well, let's let's just send our scripts to each other before we send them to Sean, because then we have. Sometimes you work on something for so long that you're like, you know, it might just be a couple an hour or something like that, but you work on something for so long that you're like. I can't look at it anymore. Can you please yeah, just yeah. look over this? Um, and then, and so we always look over each other's things and sometimes we have suggestions. Sometimes I ask Andy to clarify a joke in a very fr- frustrating way. Um, 
but then, you know, sometimes I, I mean, I have a tendency to really like to just rearrange Andy's jokes a tiny bit because I like the most important information to be right at the end and things like that. Um, Andy sometimes makes my sentences English, um, you know, so, and then it's just good to have that eye. It's essentially like, it's like a second draft, you know? Yeah. So we, we collaborate with each other, but not necessarily always out loud. Sometimes, I mean, recently we actually did a little collaboration on a script idea over just messenger. Cause he was working from home and I was in, cause when our kids get sick, you know, it's like, we're not coming into the office cause we don't want to get anybody else in the office sick and then have to ruin the whole recording and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so we, yeah, we, we did a weird collaboration. I was like, where we, we, Andy had an idea. He was like, Oh, what about like, it's like, um, you privatize something about privatizing the electricity network. Um, kind of like you would the ABC. Right. And then, so then kind of, he's like, that's the idea and like run it like the ABC. He's like, that's the idea, but I don't have any jokes for it. And I was like, well, I guess if that's the case, then maybe you would need to have balance. Right. You know, like the ABC is supposed to have. So, <laughs> and yeah. so then, you know, then, then we were like, well, okay, well then maybe there's like right wing electricities and left wing electricities. Right. And then we were like, okay, well, what, which ones are right wing? It's like, obviously coal is right wing electricity <laughs> and then like solar and wind that's left wing electricity. And then there's kind of like, then you kind of find the weird details in, in, in between You go, well, what about like something like carbon capture? You know, that uh, we go, well, right now it's right wing because it actually, it, it's actually just like, uh, it, it doesn't work. And it's just a way of giving money to, you know, politicians, friends. He's like, but what, but wait, what, but one day it will work. And then it will become like a, a weird left wing utopia, like woke, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, virtue signaling kind of, you know, goody two shoes kind of uh greeny agenda type yeah, of thing moving too far to the left all of a sudden yeah exactly so you know have we to kind of bring it back we, to the right yeah <laughs> and so we kind of went back and forth like that and then we were like i think we might have a script and so we, and we just like started put, popping it together and, and and forming it into an idea uh, into an actual script you know no i love that but this a, a word i just wrote down a, a note to remind myself detail you've talked about like finding things in detail a couple of times. Is that sort of a tact you use? If you're looking at something, you try and find an element or a character within it or what's the... Yeah, well, I guess you've got... So let's say you've got your broad... Like you you have your idea maybe at first. So your idea, you know... Um, is that thing it's like oh is running is running the electricity network like the abc that's the idea but it's not until you get into the details of it that you actually extract any jokes like you know like um it's almost like saying that that running it as an uh running electricity network as the as the abc's almost you can almost phrase that as a one-liner yeah, but it but it, it itself is just a point of view, really. Yeah, and it's not you know, and it's not probably going to make anybody laugh, right? But it's it's once you get into the details, and so you extrapolate that idea to look at what the details would look like, 
So, you know, you actually give yourself a bunch of examples, like what else would there be like with, with um, running the electricity network, like the ABC, uh, you know, there could be a board, you could have, you know, pressure from the government to run your electricity in a way that doesn't criticize them or doesn't, you know, doesn't give them blackouts or brownouts or something like that, you know, putting pressure on the board, you could find, you know, you could, uh, you know, I don't know. It's like, would it be run mostly by sort of left-wingy kind of people or there would be a, an assumption of bias that electricity is itself biased and then there would be that would start up some you know private right-wing companies i don't know i'm just trying to like but you just try you go deep into the idea and you look at what potential places you could go with it and then it's within those details that you can find the jokes where you can find silliness and contradictions that are you know potential jokes and um you know things that kind of reveal weird truths and um, you know, like, like that idea with the left wing and the right wing power, you know, you, um, you, you say that coal is right wing power because essentially it, it's functional, but it makes the world a, a worse place. Right. And that becomes a critique of right wing people. Right. And then so you're you're commenting on the right wing people by just talking about electricity <laughs> networks, yes. uh, you know, and the same thing like that. So you're it's it's not until you extrapolate that you can find these little details and make jokes about people and find jokes. Yeah. Anyway, it's fun. You're finding you're extrapolating um, the characteristics. You're turning the the element into a character that's yeah. mir- mirroring it, the real world characters and then yeah and you're you're criticizing you know or you're criticizing or making you know commenting on the real world using this weird little metaphor that you've created or little analogy point of view yeah i'm just curious do, do you use this sort of process with your stand-up because obviously when you're writing for skits I mean, you, or sketches or you've got two people you've got people talking to each other yeah and therefore, you can have those point of views pushed across differently. You can have multiple point of views. Yeah, um, I think that you can. I think it's it's quite interesting to look at people and like people who do stand up and find ways of putting forward both sides of the of the issue. Like you know, um, I have done it a little bit. Like I, I like, I think I find Hannibal Bress is really good. He's a stand-up who at at putting forward the other point of view or make he he kind of out loud asks himself rhetorical questions in a way as if he's the audience or yeah or like he's a voice in his own head or he's just saying it out loud, and then that prompts him to then respond to it. Yep. So you go, you know. Um. I don't have an example right now, but let's say he is talking about, um, you know, he's talking about why some people put napkins on their laps when they're eating at restaurants. And he's like, I never do that. Why? Cause I believe in myself. 
Like, you know, so <laughs> there's there's the most minute there of like somebody asking him why. Yes. You know, he's prompting the own questions. He's pushing it forward himself. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't actually show him talking about both sides. But yeah, you, you can basically through just verbal trickery. Um, when I write shows with Andy on the, with the engineers characters that we do, we often just ask rhetorical questions or we say, we say of the audience. Now you're probably thinking now you might be thinking yeah. things like that. And that's a way of getting this op- opposing point of view in, and then we can respond to it. And then the audience has never said anything, <laughs> but we, we just get it out so that we can, you know, uh, explore different parts of the bits or, it's just about moving from one line to another. That's all it is. You're just finding little bits of connected tissue to get you from this joke to that joke. And sometimes it's, you just link it through a little trick. A little I didn't know it was trick. that tricky. I, I thought it would be some sort of seamless frame of mind where you're just trying to explore things. And so you're asking yourself these questions within the yeah. writing. And um, then that's the only, you have to ask those questions. Otherwise the, the, the story doesn't progress sure i mean and and that does make sense but it's just like the the process of writing is so messy in that <laughs> you write you write so much stuff and you need to write so much stuff a lot of the time in order to find any good stuff yeah that's the annoying thing i only want to i don't i want to just write good stuff yeah i would love that too <laughs> i would love that too i uh, you know i don't remember how to write a joke ever. Um, And often the only way I can remember is either by coming across a new joke accidentally or by watching some stand up again or watching some people that I know are really good joke writers. And I go, Oh yeah, yeah. Jokes. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's how they go like that. It really is. You still get inspired by watching other people. Yeah. 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 There's some stuff that I think it just puts you in the right mind, the right frame of mind to, to, to write funny stuff, you know, like there's a, sometimes there's a guy who I listen to sometimes and I don't necessarily love this guy, but he released a, a crowd work album. Uh, The guy's called Ian bag. He's a Canadian guy. It lives in the States, I think. Um, and he does crowd work and it's not necessarily jokes that I all agree with, or I would, I would do myself, but there's something about his energy yeah. and how he's interacting with the crowd and the amount of fun that he has, that it puts me in a real, like good energy and I'm ready to riff with crowds and things like that. You know, it's a weird confidence to thing like that. And, you know, I always used to love listening to, uh, you know, joke writers like, you know, Dimitri Martin or, or Mitch Hedberg or, um, you know, even like Jimmy Carr and things like that, just because you get that joke format in your head so quickly, you know, even yeah. like Tim Vine and things like that, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, jokes, jokes, okay. Because sometimes if you're writing bits, you can get so caught up in trying to figure out what's a story to tell or what's a thing like that. But you got to remember, you got to just like, you got to value add by adding jokes. Um, you know, and of course I'm, you know, I, I'm being specific to the types of comedy that I tend to write. So I'm not necessarily writing stories very much or, you know, I'm adapting stories. I'm often just kind of slightly 
you know, taking a very small grounding in reality and then trying to extract as much as I can from that thing. And then, yeah. Uh, I, I love that you still see it as a big process. It's, I find it so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it yeah. supposed to be the fun industry? That's why we're, that's why we, you know, it's, comedians have fun all the time and it's all happy and laughs and you go into writing rooms and you're having a hysterical time and throwing cakes at each other's faces. Yeah. Well, I, you know, me and Andy do have a good time when we actually get to get into the muck of working on something. And yeah, we you earlier said how much you irritate each other. With each oh, I know. Well, I mean, I think no, that we're capable of it, but we're like, but me and Andy also are like, there's probably like today I was driving, even just thinking about how great it is to be in the muck of creating like, yeah. and when all you're focusing on in this moment is just like finding something funny and making it funnier. And, you know, like there, there is a, there's certain sequences uh, like when we, we wrote this sequence in uh, a show we did called teleport where we um where it's like we're, we're talking about going through a teleportation device might it look it might kill you when you go through it but it will create an exact copy of you at the other end right <laughs> right so nobody yeah. will notice so don't worry <laughs> right yeah. and so nobody will notice or even feel bad you know that you died right it'll be kind of like when your dog dies and your parents get you a new dog that looks just like them so you don't notice. Right. And then he has this line where it's like, I remember my mom did the exact same thing when my dad died. <laughs> right. Now here was like such a dilemma for us because the, the usual place you would go for the next joke here. So, cause that's, and it's a joke that already gets into your mind with that setup. Right. Is when my, you know, she got a new dad who looked yeah, and you know, got me a new dad who looked just like my old dad. Right. So that's the standard joke. And that's where probably we should have gone. But instead, this is what we debated this for so long because we were having in our minds, this was so funny, right? Instead <laughs> where we went, where we went was, she got me a dog that looked just like my dad. Right? <laughs> oh no, or, or, or no, maybe. No, no, no. This is where we went. We went because we wanted that. She, she got me a dog that looked just like my other dog, Right. And then I think she said, and then, and then out the door came another dog that looked just like my dad, right? I can't remember exactly how this, because I think we wanted, we wanted them all there. And then we say that, and I'll never forget what my mom said. And like, I'll never forget what my mom did at that point. She turned around three times and laid down, right? just implying that his mom was also a dog right (laughs) and and now we've created in our minds this image that he just lives alone in a house with dogs (laughs) and he thinks one of them is his dad one of his his mom you know and that idea made us laugh so much (laughs) right but i don't credit this world that sounds real too yeah yeah and and it's just like so we're getting enjoyment out of this idea, but then it's like, what is the audience going to enjoy the most? They're probably just going to enjoy the thing about the, you know, getting a dad that looks like the other dad, maybe even looks like the, you know, getting a dog that looks like your dad. 
but but then we were just like no we want them all we then we want to create this weird sad world where he just lives with dogs <laughs> you know and and so it's these these kind of like weird debates that you have and these kind of you know the ways of struggling to try to find a way to make it all work or yeah i don't know oh, i can't no. remember what yeah can't remember what the original question was there. <laughs> I don't think it matters. I was just thinking, I was thinking about how, I think what I was asking was about how hard it is to do the job because mm. it's so frustrating. Oh yeah, that's right. And I was just and then basically. And you have so much fun, but then yeah. it still seems like it's, it's a risk. It's hard to think up the ideas. Yeah. We, yeah. And so we had a lot of fun making that and then the struggle is in then trying to find a way to make it enjoyable to the audience as well whilst also keeping as much of the bit that we like (laughs) like you know what i mean like like sometimes when you laugh too much at a joke it's a sign the joke isn't going to be funny to other people (laughs) (laughs) like because you go you're you're seeing it in some way where you're missing information and it's not going to reach the other people i think like but i've seen i've seen you you guys do shows and hmm. sometimes you do just make each other laugh hmm. and yeah. the audience it being in the audience sometimes I'm sort of think I don't really get what they're laughing at but I'm having a good time with them yeah because there's there's obviously something's gone on between you that there might have been a joke that you yeah. were tweaking and so you've 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 both realized that there's been a change or something and you're just giggling and the that's it's fun for the crowd yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, once your energy is like, you know, and that's the thing is that we have such a good time together like that. And then we also do like to give each other shit. So sometimes, you know, I mess up words all the time. And so, and so when Andy messes up a word, it's such a treat for me, (laughs) you know, and sometimes I, I will, I will make, make fun of him a little bit. And then he will sometimes then in a weird revenge way during the show while still in character also then make fun of me. <laughs> oh, well, that was the thing. How much of the stuff is in character? That's, the, that's interesting in, in the way that you're really writing for characters or you're just writing what the joke is. Mm. Yeah. Well, because like, I mean, we mostly have written these engineer characters and, both engineer characters are not that different from each other. So we only, when we write the jokes, we're not like the jokes are basically interchangeable other than like, if we put weird information about our own backstory in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then the point of view of the characters is that they're, you know, that they're, they're smart guys, but they're really dumb as well. Yes. And they're, and so you, And so it's just the funnest to write for because you can just, and and it's this thing where they come up with solutions for stuff. And while the solution in many ways makes things worse, but does get you to a form of solution. Yes. And so, or it takes you way further away from, you know, yeah. Than where you want to be. They seem to be chronic overthinkers. Yeah, exactly. They come up with an idea that could solve the thing and then they take that idea far too far mm. but then yeah. lo- it loops back to still solving the thing but you you, you had the you had the solution yeah why, you really- did you, <laughs> why did you build so much other stuff on top of it yeah <laughs> and so and so it's real those are guys are just the funnest to 
to write for because you, you can just say any dumb thing, you know? And so when we did the, we did the lawyer one this year, you know, and they, they were kind of a variation on, on the same characters essentially. Yeah. And, but it's like, it's still just the same kind of fun. You just play, place it into a different place. It was, yeah. It's, it's interesting because sometimes also like, you know, like that thing I was saying before where um, I sometimes know that there's going to be a joke but I don't know what the joke is yet. And like, we had that for so long in the script, we had this image, you know, that image of the two, the, the, the black vase that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we just, we had that image. Right. And, and for years I've thought that there was a joke in that black vase and the two faces thing, right. That optical illusion. And we put it into the show just knowing that at some point we will find a joke for this. <laughs> And, and we put it, we set it up by using it for these lawyers that they would say, well, we always used to use this image to remind us that there's more than one way to look at a case. Right. And then it wasn't until we were like in a rehearsal for the show that I was saying those lines. And I was like, some people will see it. You know, some people will look at this and see a vase and other people will look at it and see a vase Right. And then I was like, oh my God, we have a joke. We actually have a joke. For this <laughs> I can't believe that we had, you know, and then, and then you can, then you take it a little bit further and you can go and other people will see two faces while others still will see two faces, you know, and then you go, all right, this has gone basically as far as it will go. <laughs> I think, I think we've made it as dumb as it can be, <laughs> you know, and it's like, and it's not something like it's crazy to keep that in there when there is no joke, but it's like, sometimes you just know there's calm. You can just feel it. You got a spiny sense. You can just feel that there's a joke in there. And then you just got to keep finding ways to talk about it until the joke shows itself. <laughs> oh, it's so rewarding when that happens. Mm, it's really satisfying. <laughs> uh, um, I think we're, we're probably at a point where we should, wrap it up i did i did want to ask i'll, I'll go back to the running do you, when you are running do you, you said that most of what you think of when you run isn't that great or you, you come back and you but you do work things out right you're exercising sometimes or is it yeah really yeah, yeah. i do work stuff out while i'm exercising the, the pro- trouble is is sometimes you do get great ideas and then you have to remember them <laughs> and so then sometimes you have like three ideas and then you're going okay the bike rack you know yes. wheat in a silo and pumpkin spice right and you're going yeah. wheat rack pumpkin spice silo i don't know and you're like get and so so then because i've got my phone in my backpack a couple of times i've just like got my phone out and just started recording while i'm running just so that i can get some of these ideas down because sometimes I have no idea whether or not they're any good. Cause maybe it's just like, yeah, maybe it is just the, you know, the good feeling chemicals of running that are tricking me, but it's also like, I get that sometimes if I'm writing and I'm just drinking coffee and I'm going writing <laughs> and just have feeling I'm having a good time writing the best stuff in the world. And then I kind of read it later and I was like, I don't know what I was thinking. So that's what I'm saying. Cause sometimes it is good when you, if you forget you write something and you find it later and you laugh to yourself. Did I? Did I write that? Uh, it's great when that happens because then you know it's a great idea because then you find yeah. it again and you're like, oh, uh, 
actually and it's like it's like an uncut gem you're like oh, this is a freebie it's like my past <laughs> self has given this to me um last question then uh, so we can wrap up this is the question i usually start off with and it's what got you into comedy why why this whole concept of making people laugh well i mean i was always with uh, you know i think my high school friends and stuff like that were all funny people and i was in no way the funniest person amongst them yeah um but then i went and studied engineering um and while i was doing engineering uh youtube came out and then i noticed myself just constantly searching for stand-up and stand-up because i'd seen stand-up during the galas and things like that while i was in high school and i think i'd been at somebody's house and i saw there was stand-up on the comedy channel or whatever like that and i was always interested by it and it wasn't until you know some point uh, watching YouTube that I was like, well, these people are just people, right? <laughs> and this seems like an awesome thing to do. And I mean, I'm only here once. I may as well yeah. try. And, you know, like this is obviously learnable. People will tell you that it's not learnable, but if you, you know, you you watch it, you develop a sense of taste of what kind of, you know, what kind of jokes you like, what kind of jokes you don't like, what kind of jokes you'd like to make. And then eventually you start being able to write things, you know, you write jokes and jokes and jokes, and you're going to write awful, awful jokes. And then eventually you'll write jokes that you do like, and that you're like, and then other people like, and so it's learnable. It's just a matter of like, (laughs) you know, uh, developing taste and then creating standards for yourself of what you think will be uh, acceptable. And then and then doing it and it's really hard <laughs> but it's it's like it's the funnest thing it's like the most rewarding thing when you create work that you like and the bits you know that you're like oh, this is a gem that like is like i, I can feel good about this always <laughs> yes knowing that i've made this yeah you know and i find just the feeling of progress is the same thing with running it's like when you feel yourself progressing that's like some of that deepest life satisfaction that you can get right you feel yourself getting better at something that there's nothing there's almost no better feeling you know there's like that's the that's the furthest away from like the junk food of life that you can get it's like this is like the truly rewarding stuff in life is wanting something working at it and getting better and then on top of that it's a really fun thing to do doing comedy so you're getting better at something that's really fun and you get to hang out with fun people so the reason why i did it is because it's very awesome and and i'm gonna die one day so i may as well try that is perfect we'll leave on that thanks al that's great thank you thank you very much Thanks for listening. That was a good interview. I, I, I really, really, really enjoyed that interview with Al. He's, he's a gem of a bloke and a, um, a great guy to talk to about writing for a solo show or writing for sketches or whatever. Um, if you're really interested, if you've come this far, maybe you're willing to come a little further and hear another interview with Alistair. He was on the Comedian's Comedian podcast. Now, I swear as the day is long that this Dissecting Your Frog 
is an original idea, but then I discovered the Comedians Comedian podcast by Stuart Goldsmith, and that's a great chat with comedians about how they go about their craft. And Al is on episode 40 of that, and he was recorded like 10 years ago. That, that podcast has been going for a while. So you can go listen to Al in his early stages of his career after you've just listened to him um, now. Uh, that's that. Follow at Comedy Vic. And remember, if you dissect a frog, you're going to kill it, much like if you dissect comedy. I can't remember the exact joke. It's late. I'm tired. I hope you're really well. Bye.